Happy New Year's. Welcome to those here uh, in person at the Sidman Methodist Church and as well as those viewing online for the Sidman Beaverdale Dunlow Charge. Pastor, it's nice to see you back. Uh, glad you're healthy again. Thank you. And let us have the lighting of our candles. stand if you are able join in singing hymn number 133 hark the herald angels sing will be on the screen behind me, I believe. Uh, there are none for the Sidman Church. 
for the charge. There is an anointing service today. Next Sunday, the 7th, is Holy Communion and Epiphany. Baptism of our Lord will be the 14th, and recognition of the new church leaders will be the 21st of January. Are there any other announcements this morning? Oh, the yard sale, I still have stuff to haul out of there for furniture. We are not doing it this year unless somebody else wants to lead it up. Let me know. There are people putting stuff back there, so I have to put a sign up. But if you wanted to do the yard sale, let me know, and I won't put the sign up. If there are no others, let us stand for the affirmation of faith. Responsive reading from Psalm 148. Please stand if you're able. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, your high and your waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created. And they established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. Lightning and hail, shower clouds, stormy winds and moving you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth. Young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. And he has raised up for his people a horn the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Please be seated, and will the children come forward for the children's message. Well, did everybody have a good Christmas? Huh? You got what you were looking for? What you wanted? Have you ever heard the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas? Yeah, you heard first day of, uh, the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me? Well, it, it was written a long time ago, centuries ago, when the Catholics could not discuss their religion in public. So they had to have a way to teach the children. And a lot of Catholics don't, don't know this about this, this song, because I brought it to their attention on December the 13th, 2004, 10 years ago. Uh, at a band concert, and this is what uh, I started with, and nobody was, was aware of this. The first day of Christmas is referring to God, the giver of all gifts. What comes next? A partridge in a pear tree. That stands for Jesus Christ on the cross. Then we have two turtle doves, the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, three French hens, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Four calling birds, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Five golden rings, they're the wounds of Christ. Two feet, two hands, and then the side, five, five wounds. Six geese laying, the six days of Christmas. So the gifts had no meaning, it was the number that was important. Seven swans are swimming, they're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Eight maids are milking, 
the eight Beatitudes from Jesus' first sermon. Have you ever heard the Beatitudes? No? Uh, let's see, and then we get to nine ladies dancing. It's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there's also nine ranks of angels. Did you know there were that many ranks of angels? Nine of them. And ten is the Ten Commandments. Eleven pipers piping. The eleven faithful apostles. How many apostles were there? Twelve. But one wasn't faithful. Judas wasn't faithful. And the last one is twelve drummers drumming. The twelve truths of the Apostles' Creed. We'll be saying that next week when we bring communion to a close. We end by, by, by praying the Apostles' Creed, Creed together. So that's what the 12 days of Christmas is about. It's got nothing to do with the gifts that are being offered. It's the numbers. And the numbers meant, meant something to the Catholic children. And this is a song that's been sung for uh, centuries. The 12 days of Christmas. We're in that period now, the 12 days of Christmas. It started uh, last uh, Monday, Christmas. Any questions? Tell me uh, uh, the best thing you got for Christmas. Wow, you had so many things you can't think of that. Oh, wow. That's terrific. A range fighter. What's that? Oh, something measures distance. Are you a golfer? Oh. Because I have those things with golf, you point out, tells you how far away you get. And what did you get? A hatchet. <laughs> oh my goodness. I make sure I stay away from you. What are you going to do with a hatchet? Cut down a tree, like George Washington? Yeah, you're going to cut down a tree with a hatchet. How big is the tree going to be? Oh, a little small thing. Okay. At home? Oh my goodness, he's got a hatchet. Who brought you the hatchet? Santa Claus? Oh my goodness, wow. Well, this is quite heavy now, so take your choice. And you can take some chocolate if you want to. Thank you. You're welcome. First, let me thank you for the prayers that uh, you all extended uh, to me during my uh, time of, uh, of illness. I not only felt bad health-wise, I felt bad by, uh, you know, for three Sundays I led you all the way up to the mountaintop, and when we got to the mountaintop, I couldn't be there. So that, that didn't go well with, uh, uh, with, with me all day uh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> and I'm going to do away with, because I'm coughing and all that stuff, uh, with, uh, away with the oil anointing. <laughs> you know, I don't want to, so I'm going to do away with that for, uh, uh, for, for, for today. So let us pray. <coughs> Almighty God, we come into your presence this morning being humbled before you and asking for your forgiveness for our waywardness this past week. We ask that we treat others the way we would want to be treated. We ask that we be given the courage to take your word to the outside world. We thank you for the blessings that you have given the members of this congregation during the week. 
We thank you for the prayers that have been answered. And finally, we thank you for the fellowship that we share with each other. We come before you this morning in this atmosphere of prayer to raise our voices up to you, to bring to your attention what's on our hearts, minds, and spirits. We offer prayers for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who haven't found their way yet. We ask that they see the light on their wayward ways so they may be saved before it's too late. We ask for forgiveness for our waywardness, for choosing to go our way instead of following your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of all the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. Please keep them free from any harm that comes into their lives. We pray for those who protect us from harm, members of the law enforcement, military, especially our First Lieutenant Carl Smith, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, and health professionals. We pray for the well-being and safety of our country, our community, and our church. Keep us safe and protected from the evil forces that we face. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth. Be with them, guide them, and protect them, and let us continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the families that are dealing with the loss of a loved one. Be with them during this period of separation and, and grieving. It's a, it's a tough time of the year when we're celebrating the birth of Christ to, to also be recognizing somebody who has passed away. We pray for families providing care for a family member dealing with the health issues. And we pray for families dealing with the difficulties and hardships of life. Be with them, guide them, and comfort them during these rough times, during these times of uh, this time of year where joy is supposed to be uh, prevalent. So we ask that we pray for them as well. Now, dear Lord, if there was a name that came to the people while we were praying, let them say those names out loud now. Dear Lord, let us bring to a close our time of prayer with you by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. <coughs> Time for somebody to shout out a favorite hymn they would like to sing. <laughs> About 132, because that's what I opened the book to. What's that called? Angels We Have Heard on High. Ah, uh, good choice. Please stand if you're able. <laughs> <laughs>
Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come this last Sunday of the month of December and this last Sunday of the year 2023. We thank you for this opportunity to come each week to sing your hymns and, and read your psalms and hear your word. And we also, while you're here, we ask that you make some sort of contribution to help with the running of the church here in Sidman and, <coughs> and with the help of spreading your word throughout the area. The collections today are being presented by two youth of the members of our church here. We thank you for them, and we ask that you accept these tithes and gifts and offerings in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. And we all said together, Amen. <coughs> Please be seated. <coughs> And we find ourselves today on Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. This is a special day. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what he is, is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's, the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the faults of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuah, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. The words of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. Well, this is called, <coughs> this is called, what's it called again? Oh, God is acting. God is acting in the world. We may not be aware of it, but he's acting in the world. 
The very first, uh, I, was give, I was giving you the inspiring words. They used to be called, 15 years ago, affirmations, which are words of encouragement. Can, they can have a very important, life-changing meaning to them. Affirmations are what Mary and Joseph received when they took their baby Jesus to the temple. Simeon and Anna provided those affirmations that would change the life of Mary and Jesus. Simeon and Anna's affirmations were evidence that God was taking action in the transformation of the world by interceding in the births of John the Baptist and Jesus. Rome unknowingly played a part in the birth of Jesus by placing an impossible demand upon the people by requiring a census. The stage for the birth of Jesus to conform to the Hebrew prophecy was set. The hearts were touched by God of two highly respected Jewish leaders, Simeon and Anna, the prophet. Simeon and Anna were witnesses to the common daily rituals of circumcision, naming, and presentation that happened every day of the year. Simeon and Anna's prophecies showed that this was just not another birth ritual, but was the coming of the Lord's Messiah. Mary and Joseph were being faithful in keeping the Jewish law that required them to come to the temple for this ceremony. Jesus being named was important, as was the name, naming of any Jew. A person's name said who they were or what they would contribute to life. Naming a baby was an ordinary event. The name Jesus was no ordinary name, for it meant God saves. Events like this in Judaism were considered just everyday ordinary events that happened many times each day to many Jewish families within the temple. The rituals for this baby were no different from the other performances of the same ritual for other families. These leaders of Israel were looking for nothing extraordinary to happen, so nothing happened. The extraordinary began when Mary and Joseph turned and walked away and met Simeon. Simeon was looking for the coming of the Lord's Messiah. And as soon as he saw the infant Jesus, he knew he had found him. Simeon and Anna both believed that the most important moment and experience of their lives was still ahead of them, despite their advanced years. The most productive years, this is for all the people who are close to retirement, the most productive years in your service to God usually come after your most productive years of earthly work. So that's where, that's where we get most of the, uh, the people who do the work are those people who retire after they've completed their earthly work. Everybody has a role in God's plan as shown through the stories of John the Baptist, Simeon, and Anna. These roles may be in the public eye and some may be away from the public view or a mixture of the two. The lives of Simeon and Anna provide us with lessons we should try to follow. One, live and conduct our daily lives for the glory and honor of God. Is that how we live our, our daily lives? Every moment? For the glory of God?
Patiently await, number two, patiently await for God's plan to unfold in our lives. <coughs> he's working within our lives. Now, as we speak, as I speak, he's working in your lives right now. Hopefully he's keeping you awake so you can hear some of these words that are being uh, thrown, thrown at you. What are you smiling at? And the other one is believing that Christ will come again. They're the three things that, that the Simeon and Anna gave us. God is on the move. God is on the move through this baby who has been brought to his predicted birthplace by authorities that were not aware of him. The Roman authorities. It all, it, it all fits together like a perfect puzzle with all the pieces fitting together. But the pieces are all made by different parts of society and at different times. And it's amazing how, you know, how can you not believe that there was a God? How could all this have happened? This couldn't have been planned by a human. It couldn't have been. And then with the uh, next week we celebrate the uh, uh, wise men, the three kings. They weren't there with the shepherds on Christmas Eve night. How that got in there, I don't know. They didn't show up until two years later. They had a long journey by camel. They had to have everything packed with them, you know, tents and everything. They didn't come down and, well, let's go down tomorrow afternoon and we'll visit the new king. No, it took them months to get there. God will now use this baby, grown into an adult, to challenge the authorities, to transform the people, and to bring God's freeing, saving grace to the world. He's still working on that. It, it's hard to... Uh, it's hard to see through all these stuff that is happening in the world and in America. And uh, it, it's all being done, it's all being done on purpose. It's being done on purpose. People don't like America. They want to tear it down. And they're, they're trying to do it. And they're succeeding so far except that the people are getting a little upset over it and don't, are starting to push back. But can we survive until this, uh, uh, June the 20th, uh, 2025? Can we survive that long? It's a, that's one place my worry is, worry is at, because it's getting, it's getting so bad and every new executive order that comes down makes things even worse. And what would you do if you had two or three months remaining in your term? After the election in November, you have until January the 20th, noon, to do whatever you want to do. And what would you do if you're, if, if you're geared towards tearing America down? And that's, what, that's what's happening. We're being torn down from within by our own, our own people, our own elected, elected, <laughs> our own elected people. Not that you elected them, but you elected them. No matter if it's the president or the uh, a senator or representatives or, or this or, or it makes no, makes no difference. But some of, some of these people who've been speaking up against America are starting to be taken down by 
well-known top politicians on the Senate floor and in the House of Representatives, showing the, showing the, the bias that, that certain, these certain people. How did they get elected in the first place? You wonder, how in the world, I won't mention names, but there's a list of them, of people, how in the world did they get elected to be a representative in the United States Congress? Or a senator who walks around with, no, I won't say that. I'll say it, who walks around in a hoodie, no matter where he is, no matter where he is, no matter what he's talking about, he's got shorts on and he's in a hoodie. And he's a United States Senator appearing before the public. Jeez, wow. We must live our lives like that of Simeon and Anna because it's never too late to be ministered to by God or to minister for him. I didn't start ministering for him until I was in my early 60s. And now it's a, uh, this year, well, next year, 2024, I turned 75. And it's like, uh, what does he have in store for me? I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, you know, I'll be 75, my goodness. And it's a, um, uh, it's a, you know, he sent me out here for a reason. Now he sent me out here for, uh, my first Christmas was okay. My second Christmas, there was no power, no electricity, no heat, for like three or four days. Okay? And I got to come to church, that was fine, they were warm in all the churches I went to, except Dunlow. And then this Christmas, I had the flu. I've never had the flu. I've never had, I've never had anything that I've had out here. Vertigo, I've never had that before. Uh, COVID, I moved out, I moved out. I mean, it was COVID back in, uh, in, we were closed down in Rector and, and Waterford for a month, six weeks or so. We started up way before uh, everybody else, everybody else did. But I come out here and within two months I have COVID. Then I get over COVID and I have vertigo. Then I get over vertigo, and you know, I go, you know, I thought, gee, I'm doing pretty good here. And then Christmas comes up, and it's like, uh-oh. And I get the flu. I've never had the flu before. Why all of a sudden out here? And I say to the doctors, does the altitude have something to do with it? And they always say no. There's no scientific evidence that you're getting sick because of the altitude. But I still say it's the altitude. What, what, comes, what, comes, what comes next? Uh, I don't know. I, I have to go to a liver specialist now to, to check the liver. I got something on my liver. I don't know, jelly beans or whatever the name is that they call them. Uh, blackberries or something like that are, are on my liver. Now they have to find out whether they're good ones or bad ones. Good ones or bad ones. And I have to go all the way to Monroeville because that's the closest liver doctor is in Monroeville or Pittsburgh. <coughs> and it's a... Uh, I, I drive now to Everett for the diabetes, which was the first time I went was two hours to get there. Now it takes 45 minutes to get there. The nurse said, oh, take this, take this, take this, and I took it, I was home 45 minutes. So I go, I go that way now. I, I retrace the steps back to, uh, back to there. But she doesn't know what's, uh, she doesn't like the fact that I have to carve up on Sundays 
Mondays, when I, Monday and Wednesdays when I go to the physical trainer because she'll beat the daylights out of me for an hour and I'll end up with low blood sugar. It's the same way with this. I have to be close to 300 to start. So when I get to Beaverdale, I'm about 200. And then when I drive from Beaverdale to Dunlop, I eat a rice cake so I can raise my blood sugar level. Or else I'll end up doing the sermon with low blood sugar, which has happened before. And it's not a, it's not a good, 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 good feeling. Uh, so, and she doesn't like that. I don't like you having to carb up to do this or to do, or to do, to do that. It's like, that's the only way I can do it, to get through Sunday morning without fighting low blood sugar. You want to stand in front of people and preach the word of God with low blood sugar? No, I don't want to either. <coughs> Whatever our role may be, it's an important one. We each are carrying a, pic a part of the puzzle to put together. <coughs> we just don't know what that piece looks like. But we have to add it to the puzzle, to complete the puzzle. And we each are holding a piece of that puzzle. We have seen that through all the people and the length of the time from the Old Testament into the New Testament through the many and various roles people and nations played in the coming of God's Messiah. It's all there in the Bible. All of it there is in the Bible for us, for, for us to, to look at. There, there wasn't a Bible when they started, when all this started. The Old Testament, none of that stuff was, uh, was, uh, was, was written until much, much, much later. But now we have this book that, that has taken 1,500 years to be written by many different authors, but on one subject, the coming of the Messiah. Now, how could that have taken place? Did somebody sit down, some publisher, and say, I'm going to start contacting these people to write the, the right stories about Jesus, and we'll, we'll, we'll expand it over 1,500 years. We'll take our time compiling the book together. <coughs> No, it was all God-inspired. God has inspired everything. Everything. Our past, our present, our future. Our future. <coughs> Until 4 o'clock this afternoon. And then we'll see whether we have a future or not with the Steelers. Because they are out in Seattle. I think they, they are, they're out in Seattle. That's not good. That, that's a mark against them. Most of the teams on the east who fly to the west end up losing. It's not the same way with the teams from the west moving to the east. It's just the eastern team flying out west. They end up losing. So don't get your hopes up. Put your hopes in something else. Not the, not the Steelers. We must be patient because God is acting in our lives. I had to wait 60-some years to finally realize that God was acting in my lives and he wanted me to do something about it. And I did it. I did something about it. We just need to wait to see how He is acting. We just need to relax because we're in good hands. We're in good hands. God will take care of everything. The future may look bleak and uncertain, However, we just have to do our part because God is acting.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your only begotten Son for us. May we always be truly thankful for all the sacrifices that you have made for us. We pray that we will never forget the true reason for this season. As this is the first Sunday after Christmas, let us focus, not let our focus not be about the temporal gifts, but the eternal gift given by you, Lord. Lord, help us to tell others of your wonderful deeds that they may also know you. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our, our final hymn, Joy to the World, number 125 in the hymnal, with a break before the last verse. <laughs> come to you, giving you the insight that was given to Simeon and Anna, that the Christ child has been born and lives among us. May we seek wisdom. Next to Christ is the most desired gift we can receive. If we have wisdom, our lives will be blessed. And may you be given the desires of your heart, and may all your plans succeed. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go and earn your day. Let us now sing the last verse of Joy to the World.